Welcome to Your Hair Made Simple podcast, where we encourage you to embrace your natural hair with clarity, confidence, and courage. I'm your host, Shannon, and today I will be interviewing licensed cosmetologist, Brooke Alexander. Let's clap it up for Brooke. Thank you so much. And this is a part of Your Hair Made Simple Live. So if you're listening to this recording, you will hear our live audience participating and engaging with us today. Brooke is a licensed cosmetologist. She is my own hairstylist who I trust with my life. Um, and she is a graduate of the Paul Mitchell School. She has been doing hair for over a decade, since 2011. And I'm just excited to have her here today to share her expertise with us on how we can better care for our natural hair when we're away from the stylist chair, how we can better partner with our stylist, how we can vet stylists, and really just helping to dispel some myths about natural hair as a whole and how we learn about it. So with that being said, Brooke, I'll turn it over to you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your own hair journey and how long you've been natural. Yes, I am Brooke Alexander. Um, I have been doing hair, like Shannon said, um, since 2011. My natural hair journey started maybe like in 2008. Um, I grew up in the salon. I was a... <clears throat> I was that child, like my mother put a relaxer in my hair when I was four. So I had a stand-in every two week appointment. So I grew up in the salon. Um, I moved to Atlanta, I'm originally from Kentucky. I moved to Atlanta in 2005 and really had a hard time finding somebody to do my hair because as much as people consider Atlanta the hair capital of the world, there was not a lot of stylists here that worked with real hair. You know, you can get all the quick weaves, you can get all the braids, you can get all the sew-ins, but nobody could do hair. So, um, that at that point, because I grew up in the salon and I just loved it anyway, my career path kind of changed because I started really learning about my hair because I had to kind of take care of it because I couldn't find a stylist that could. So, um, anyway, make a long story short, um, started going to some stylists. I started playing with hair color, you know, all of that type of stuff. My hair fell out. And, you know, and I was like, well, hold on. I see these girls, they rocking this color and their hair looks so healthy. And, and, you know, and a girl told me, she said, girl, I'm natural. And I'm like, what? Natural? What is that? I don't even know what my natural hair looks like. Like, right. Like I'm like every six to eight weeks, I'm getting a relaxer. Like I don't see new growth. Like that's how I was. But, um, so, you know, she told me and, you know, I started seeing her wear her natural curls and she had this color and I was like, what? That, that came out of our heads? You know, like, I was taught like, oh girl, your hair's nappy and uh-uh, you need, you know, like, like our hair was not the hair to have. So, you know, I got real curious and um, I was like, I'm gonna try this. You know, I'm gonna do this, I, I'm going natural. First person in my family, everybody thought I was crazy. They were like, what are you going to do? You got to go to work. What's your hair look like? Do you know what your hair going to look like? You don't have hair like her, you know, all of that stuff. And I was like, I'm going to do it. So probably since 2008, I think, I've been natural. Oh, no, no, no. I went without a relaxer for a year. I gave up. I was like, oh, this ain't for me. <laughs> this ain't it. I went back, got a relaxer one time, and then I was like, you know what, it's not as hard as what I thought. It was in my mind, because in my mind, I thought it was easier to work with relaxed hair 
than natural hair. So when I went natural, I was like, this transition is too hard. Got the relaxer one more time, and I was like, it's kind of the same. It's just a different way of thinking. And then just been natural ever since. And you know, playing with hair colors. I'd have been every color. I'd have had rainbow hair, blonde hair, brown hair. I mean, red hair, every color. I'd, hair is healthy. And um, just as a stylist, um, especially here in Atlanta, my focus is healthy hair. Because if the hair is healthy, it'll, it'll do anything else. And there is a large opportunity for healthy hairstylists here because so many people focus on the wigs and the weaves and the braids, but we need to learn to embrace what we have and take care of what we have because when you can do your own hair or whatever, I mean, like, it's, it's easy once you understand. It's easy. It's just kind of like a mindset that is uncontrollable or it's unworkwithable or it's not professional. You know, that's our mindset. Everything else is just easy. Wow, I'm just like snaps because <laughs> your hair made simple, right? Like that's the exact reason why like I founded this podcast and this brand and I think that's what gravitated me to working with you as a stylist. And I know you said like your hair, you've done a lot of different colors and now you specialize in color, right? Because like that's something that you struggled with and you had to learn from that. And I know that like there's some folks out here in the audience who have tried some color and had some things. If it's you, just say yes, it's okay. Just <laughs> laugh a little bit. But I know there's some folks in the audience who have tried color and seen it not go well and had those experiences in these professional environments where we really have to look inwards and like overcome that mindset piece, right? There's people in this audience who have experienced all of those same things as you have. And it was like necessity became the mother of invention, right? Like being in Atlanta, I know in one of our episodes, we have one of the guests here and we talk about it being the hair capital of the world, right? And I think there is more of a wave of natural hair. Like that's how I found you here in this space. But there is still also, and not to say like the quick weeds and all those things are negative, but it is really like that mindset piece that you have to combat on like one being better than the other and it's that our hair should really be good enough coming out of our own heads and we should feel confident in that to really you know curate whatever look we want and once it's healthy it'll do whatever it needs to do absolutely and and I don't judge people no matter what hairstyle they want to if you want to wear braids wear braids you want to wear a weave wear a weave like do you because I'm gonna do me you know I'm gonna do me regardless but what I also want people to understand is there's nothing wrong with your hair. Like, people come in, my hair won't this, my, no, your hair will, but you have to give it a chance, you know. I know people who will only wear weaves because of their lifestyle, and that's fine. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I don't judge anybody for their, for their choices, but I don't want people to feel like I only can because I can't or because my hair won't. That's not true. The other things are choices, but like those, you're not forced into a hairstyle because of, you know, what your hair won't do. Yeah. And so you talked about that too, like the mindset. So when you see your clients come in, particularly people over the years that are like starting to go natural, like what has that experience looked like? How have you kind of guided them or like encouraged them or helped them along that journey? Um, <clears throat> I think it's different um, for me especially, don't want to age myself, but, you know, with these younger generations. Uh, like I said, I grew up in the hair salon. Mm -hmm. You don't see that so much anymore. You don't see people sending their kids to the salon 
bi-weekly, bi-monthly or anything like that. So there's really like a fear of hairstylists. Like there's like this big fear, there's this big myth. You're just gonna cut off my hair. You're just trying to upsell me. You're just trying to get money out of me. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, I'm really just gonna tell you what I really think your hair needs. Um, there's no such thing as carefree hair. And I think that's something that a lot of people are looking for and it doesn't exist. Like, you know, people are like, I want the low maintenance. When you find it, please tell me, cause it doesn't exist. Like, you know, and we also live in a social media lifestyle where, you know, you see it on, on so, oh, I want this and I want that. And it's like, we can get there, but probably not today, you know? It's gonna take some time because while you just watch the 30 minute, uh, 30 second clip of her go from this to this, what you didn't see was she comes every two weeks. She makes sure she gets her hair trimmed. She makes sure that she asks for a deep conditioning treatment. You know, she makes sure she wraps her hair every night. She makes sure she twists it down every night. She sleeps with a satin pillowcase. All of those different things matter. And again, don't want to age myself, but you know. <laughs> but you know, like back in the day, you know, my grandmother made sure, like, honey, we all had bonnets on the head in the house. Like that was not, I grew up with a satin pillowcase. Like my daughter grew up with a satin pillowcase in her baby bed because I didn't want her to rub out her hair when she's, you know, laying on her back, turning. And those things really matter. They're not just myths. Those things matter. That's why they've been along for so long. So um, I think one of the biggest struggles that I see is people try to take the work out of the process. And it's going to be work, no matter what you do. I mean, from everything. And I'm just saying, because I see people with different hairstyles, I see a lot of people run into locks now. And I've had numerous people come back to me saying, I've spent the last weekend combing my locks out. And I'm like, why? because I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be low maintenance. <laughs> I think a few folks in the audience <laughs> have a little tinge in their chest a bit. And it's like, we they're have beautiful locks in the audience. Beautiful locks. And I love it. I've considered locking my hair so many times, but I don't know if I can commit. I can't commit. I can't commit. <laughs> but it's, it's beautiful. It is so beautiful. But a lot of people run to things thinking that this is the easy one. Mm. Th that's the easy one. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to wear it naturally curly. Well, I'm just gonna, no, you're just going to have to comb your hair. You're just gonna have to put yeah. that love into it. And it's okay, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, oh man, I think what you said about, you know, it trying to take the work out of the process. And we do live in a like very quick gratification world where we see things happen so easily. And I also grew up in the time period where I was in the salon every two weeks. My mom took me every two weeks. I was from the age of about like three, I would be in there having breakdowns, like kicking my shoes off in pain, but I was in there and I was gonna leave with some hair that was done. You know what I mean? Like the braids were gonna be braided down and I was gonna be crying, but my hair was gonna be done. Um, and so it's like, as I've gotten older too, like I've seen that shift away from the salons and I'm curious, do you think that like the shift away from that communal space maybe has impacted some of this like sharing of knowledge being missed because you just dropped a lot of like helpful gems and tips and you talked about the generational experiences and so I'm just curious like as you've inter interacted with your clients do you see kind of a need to re-educate 
as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because this, there's almost been a whole generation that has grown up not doing their hair. Mm. Like they don't know where to start. I have clients that say, I don't have a comb. Mm. I don't do my hair. Girl, I'm gonna go buy this wig and I'm gonna make it do what it do. Yeah. And you know, they have no idea. And then, and not that is, no, I'm not judging anybody, but you know, but then these women have children mm. and then they can't instruct their children. And, and honestly, that's where, um, I see the biggest struggle because kids, especially when they transition yeah. to middle school mm. and they're trying to do the hairstyles yeah. and, you know, they don't know if they want it straight. They don't know if they want to wear their puff and, you know, they doing all the baby hairs and, yeah. you know, they putting all the eco styler gel in the hair <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> the eco styler. Yeah. And they are just tearing <laughs> their hair up. Like, I mean, they are just tearing it up. Yeah. And I always have to come in and I'm just like, you know, this is a real pivotal moment for you. Mm. You're not going to have anything to work with if you keep working in this direction. Yeah. But unfortunately, mom doesn't have the knowledge to give either. Yeah. You know, because we don't have that anymore because it's been real convenient. Like I said, get some braids, get a sewing. I ain't got, mm -hmm. I ain't got time to fool with my hair, you yeah. know. We got stuff to do. We got, got a full packed schedule. We got to go. Like, what can we do to just have this under control. Right. And yeah. so so you have a generation now that can't teach their children. And then because salons aren't like that but you said it. Communal. Better. Like community? yeah, that, yeah. that community space where it used to be you come and see all your neighbors yeah. and the we people had from church. At the salon. And, you know, you know I have everybody a salon at church. But that's not for today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like I mean I Live, I would go to the salon on the days I didn't get my hair done because it was just the place. Like, yeah. I come out with a whole outfit, some earrings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, was, I'm just saying. But, uh, but we don't have that anymore. So, um, so there's like a portion that's missing. And so you have a lot of these kids and teenagers that's trying to figure it out and they're finding out on their own. And unfortunately, because I see the process, you know, yeah, when you're 12, 13, 18, 22, yeah. you got this head full of hair. But guess what, honey? I'm going to tell you, 35, <laughs> it mm. changes. You know, all them edges you've been pulling out that been growing back, they not coming, okay? Mm. You know, <laughs> all of them braids that been too tight. And, Girl, don't worry. It don't hurt me. You don't hurt your scalp, you know. Mm. And, and so now yeah. you're trying to figure out, why is my hair thinning? Yeah. You know, what's going on? It's what you've been doing all this time. time. You know, all that eco styling gel that you just been throwing in it, drying your hair up, your hair brittle and gray looking. Like, it's. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's consequences of doing all of those things. But again, that community space isn't there anymore. And then, yeah. you know, and like I work in a salon suite. So, I mean, well, I do get to talk to you, that community space isn't there anymore. Like, so we've lost a lot within the hair industry. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's some things to work on. I'm not sure where the industry is going to go, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think, to your point, you said two interesting things. The first one being about, um, you know, parents not being able to teach their kids. And it's and it's not straight and it's not a judgment. It's kind of just like you are only able to pour from what you know. Mm -hmm. So if I don't know, like, how can I pour? Like, how can I feed that into, like, my child? Um, and you also said that you see around middle school that being that very pivotal time. And so 
my master's is in education and we often talked about, you know, like that's like middle school is where ideas really start to stick. <laughs> but my question for y'all is, so I know for myself, the first time that I really got my hair straightened and started to wear it consistently was in middle school because that's when I started to see, like really started to become aware of like what other people in what society considered to be beautiful and her like, oh my gosh, you have so much hair. I bet it would be really pretty if it was straight. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious for the audience thinking about a time like when you, if you were ever, you know, wearing your hair straight, like when was that for you or like what were y'all doing in middle school? How many people started wearing straight hair in middle school? See a lot of hands. Can I get some yeses for the audio? Yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of our audience. And so... I think that really just goes to what Brooke said about, one, the pressures of society and how we're coming to understand ourselves and how that shows up in our hair and the choices that we make and really not even caring, truthfully not caring about the knowledge part of it because I didn't care about like what was happening. I was like, I want to be cute. Mm -hmm. And then a boy cut off the back of my ponytail, just a tip, but I was big mad. And so, you know, we had to, <laughs> but we learned, to, it didn't stop me from wearing straight hair, but I stopped sitting in that seat. Um, you know, it's... <laughs> But it forms how we start to show up in our lives and in these spaces. And I think it's so pivotal. And then the second thing you said was, you know, they're trying to learn on their own. And so I know we've talked previously about YouTube University and, and social media really being a place where we can go because it's almost been that this in-person environment is supplemented for a virtual one. But the virtual one doesn't come with the same rules of this is a safe place, this is not a safe place this is valid, this is not valid, and how I should learn. Um, so how have you seen just like the social media impact when it comes to our hair? Um, the social media impact is huge, oh, so huge. Like, it's a gift and a curse. Um, yeah. As a hairstylist, yeah, I like it and I hate it. Like, mm. um, I like it because just like the general public, I can learn a lot. Like, I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, mm -hmm. let me see what she did. But I'm looking with a different set of eyes. Yeah. So, you know, like, I can read all in between the edits and the stuff that you don't see. I'm like, oh, this is what she did. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can see that. So the curse is that the general public doesn't see it. And so they're like, oh, girl, she took this little lotion and this little spray mm -hmm. and Wow, you know, and it's like, boom, no, it's, instant curls. It's not gonna work <laughs> like that. Back. Like, that's not what happened, you know. But, and people are, you know, they believe it. They're like, no, no, this is, this works. She said, buy these 80 products and put them in my hair. 80. And it's gonna look just like that. All I'm of just them. like, no, you know. Hair growth oil. Yes, <laughs> oh my it. gosh. And I'm just like, and you know, and I don't wanna be the Debbie Downer. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie to you either. like. And I think, too, it's that some of these things can work, right? Like hair growth oil. Let's, let's take that for example, right? Like oil as a part of, like, your regular routine and as a part of, like, keeping your hair clean and, like, doing consistent work and trims and other stuff, it can be an impactful part, right? But, like, if my hair is not done and I just say, if I'm not washing my hair regularly and I just say, but I'm going to put this growth oil on it every day, probably not going to yield the same results right so it's like you're watching a video there's some truth that's in this mm -hmm. that we can take like with a grain of salt but to your point we aren't like looking necessarily with those trained eyes to in the same way that a stylist would right it's as a stylist i look at most social media for hair as a commercial mm. they're selling you 
That's all, that's all they're doing yeah. is selling you. Yeah. It's not educational. Every once in a while, somebody will give you a tip or a trick, you know, like, oh, okay. Um, or you might identify something. They might not even purposely be trying to give yeah. it to you, but you might say, oh, man, you see that wide tooth comb? I'm going to use that. That's mm -hmm. what she, you know, it's like something like that. But most of the time, it is truly a commercial. And um, it's just a lot of things that go into it. Um, not saying you can't take stuff from people because there's a lot. I learned stuff from yeah. social media, um, especially with natural hair, because when natural hair came about, there was no lane for it. Like mm -hmm. it just, yeah. it was just there. So um, that's when you came, that's when they started with the yep. 4A, 4B, 4C, you yeah. know, I don't know. Because that was just recently invented in the 90s. So for those who really like put a lot of stock into that, that's something relatively new. Our hair has been around longer, <laughs> you know? just to take a little bit of pressure off that because I think people do really get caught up in like the hair typing and like my hair is 4B or it's 4A or whatever so it has to do this or it has to do that like let that take the freedom off a little bit that the hair typing hasn't been around as long as our hair has been it's helpful to categorize it's helpful to generalize but it doesn't have to be like the end all be all like piece right. of hair because people ask me all the time like what do I have and I'm like girl I don't know I don't even know this stuff because <laughs> it doesn't matter like what matters is is your hair healthy what matters is what product works for you what routine do you have that gives you results because I can look at your hair and I can look at my hair and be like okay we got the same pattern we can use the exact same stuff and we will come out with totally different results yep. Yep. so at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. And like I said, um, when natural hair came around, it was in the lane of its own. So a lot of people made stuff up for commercial purposes because all of a sudden, these relaxer products ain't selling no more. So we need to give the people something. So I'm going to tell them, you know, you need this because your hair is this type. You need this because your hair is this type. When I'm not going to say it's not true, no, I mean, I'm going to say it's not true. I am going to say that. <laughs> no, I'm going to say it's not true. Um, because you don't know. Because at the end of the day, um, the biggest part of our hair, I mean, you talk about this all the time, it comes from inside. Like, you can put whatever you want to put on top of your hair. If your insides ain't right, mm. this ain't going to be right. You know, like, my clients come in, and I'm no doctor. Don't try to say I'm a doctor or anything. But, you know, they'll be like... Disclaimer, yes. Yes, disclaimer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they'll be like, my hair is shedding so bad. And I've been putting these oils on there. And it's said, you know, I don't know why my hair is coming out. And I'll say, have you had your iron checked? And they'll be like, oh, well, no. Well, what's that mean? I'm like, well, you know, your hair is made of iron. Like, you need iron to keep your hair. I've had numerous clients go and get their blood work done and be like, Brooke, I'm anemic. My doctor mm -hmm. has me on iron now, yeah. you know, and that's why I tell people it starts with your body. If your body is healthy, your hair will be healthy. Now, there's things we can do in the salon to make it look a little better, <laughs> but I'm just saying, but, you know, you can't have a trash diet and then expect this long, long luxurious, you know, just yeah. hair. It's, it's, everything goes hand in hand. The circle of life. And it's interesting because part of me feels like because we've almost become like so disassociated from our hair by like thinking it's difficult and wanting to avoid it and like just wanting to treat it as something to manage. 
it's a mindset adjustment to think of it as something that's a part of my body to where my health, like if I have something that's happening health related, it could show up through my hair. And we've talked about that because I've had like stress and it showed up in my scalp mm -hmm. or like gut issues and it showed up in my scalp. And I know it to be true because I can like correlate kind of the timing of both things starting, right? Um, and so it's almost taking this coming to recognize your hair as like part of your body, like as part of you, as something that like needs to be treated with care to even get to the point where I can think like, oh, hey, something's going on with my hair. Like maybe I need to like just check, like have I been drinking enough water lately? Like have right. I been doing X, Y, and Z, whatever? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like you said, most recently, um, I've been, I'm not a doctor, but I'll be reading up on stuff. <laughs> but um, I've been studying gut health and how much it is related to our hair. And especially um, with black women, we are seeing, for some reason, I think I know why, but for some reason, um, we are seeing higher rates of alopecia. And I'm not talking about traction alopecia from braids and from sew-ins. I'm talking about alopecia but it all goes back to the gut and what we're putting in our body mm -hmm. and um you know another subject for another day on your podcast <laughs> you know the food like what is in the food like all of a sudden all of these women who normally have thick hair you know their hair is thinning and they're having these scalp issues yeah and it goes back to the gut because our gut can't break down the stuff we're putting in our bodies mm. but Again, it's not the subject. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you're really saying, the main point is, right, like, we have to treat, like, our hair as part of our whole selves and, like, really just do a holistic check-in instead of trying to just treat what's happening on top and, like, make sure that's good. Like, we want healthy hair, and, like, that's connected to having a healthy whole being. Right. Just self-care. Like, yeah. really self-care. Um, not just coming to the salon and leaving. Yeah looking good but you know you really want to be good so yeah. if something is going on um a lot of shedding if you have thinning you know look into do you have hormonal issues going on yeah. um a lot of people when they lose weight you know mm -hmm. and they're like you know my hair is thinning so much it's like you probably need to increase your protein because you know yeah. when you go on these diets you try to stop eating <laughs> <laughs> And you don't realize you don't cut out all your protein, and it's just like your body's like, all right, yeah. give me something, or I'm gonna cut out something, and your mm. hair starts shedding. There so I mean, it is. it is almost like your your body your body is an alert system to you that something is yeah. going on. So when your hair starts acting real funky, don't just take it as it's just doing something. No, it's alerting you, and it's time to you know kind of figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Honestly. Brooke, I'm like, I hope y'all are, like, getting everything she's taking. Because, like, even in her talking, she's just sharing, like, all these different gems about, like, how you can really, like, acknowledge your hair and connect that with your body. And so I'm curious because we've talked about, like, social media really being a gift and a curse and, you know, that kind of lack of knowledge base and not looking with the right lens. And you already started to talk about it where, right, like, everything presented to us is kind of, like, from a marketing perspective. But as we're navigating our natural hair journeys and, still using YouTube University, right? Like using the resources that we have at hand and wanting to make sure we're doing the best at that. Like how can we kind of adjust our lens to make sure that we're looking at it with a more critical eye and at least like if we're not sure, no, hey, this is something I should fact check, right? Like how do we start to adjust our mindsets to look with a more critical view? I would say 
pay attention to the fine details, not just your finished products. Um, like I said, because I do use social media too, because I learn stuff um, yeah. from there. But especially like when it comes to hair, like if you're watching somebody or you follow somebody on YouTube, like a lot of people do, you know, identify, do they have hair that looks like yours? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I want these curls. And I'm like, you don't it's have those hair, curls. That, that's just not your hair. Your hair is beautiful, but not that. Yeah, like, yeah. you know. Respectfully. We can get you some curls. <laughs> it ain't going to be those. <laughs> but, you know, and just come from an honest place. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of times we try to identify with what we want and not what we have. Mm. And so yeah. be honest. And, you yeah. know, and sometimes, especially in the hair salon, you know, it's, you, know you, you don't want to step on people's egos. But yeah. I kind of got to be like, that's not what you have, you know. Yeah. Then be honest with where are you starting at? Because this person has a whole YouTube channel, so mm -hmm. she's been taking care of her hair for some years. Yeah. You started today. So let's... <laughs> Maybe let's take a step back. Yeah, like... Ground zero. Level it out. Put you on a, you know, a little timetable, and we're going to set goals so that you can yeah. get to where you want, but it probably won't happen today. But I can tell you what I can do for you today. Yeah. then I can tell you what I can do for you the next time you come. And this is what we can look for as we go on this journey because it's not a quick, you know, like your hair didn't get in this position real fast yeah. and it's not going to come out of it real fast. Ooh, your hair didn't get in this position real fast and it's not going to come out of it real fast. That's a sobering statement, <laughs> <laughs> I think, for a lot of people because we do – I feel, I feel like, you know, see, going natural, like a quick fix to your point, it's like I tried it and it just didn't work and it felt hard. I permed it back and it's like, okay, this is also equally hard. But really just recognizing that all good things take time and like the amount of time we took to do the damage, we have to like be willing to wait it out and see, see kind of the reverse or see our hair get to the healthy point that we want it to be. And just, and honestly, just be honest because when I first went natural, I thought I was going to wear my hair curly. <laughs> Cause, Cause, them curls was popping on them girls. I'm like, I can't wait. I'm gonna do my little wash and go. Wash and goes. Every natural girl dreams. I'm and then girl. sobers up real quick. And I, I said, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm just gonna do my little silk press. Yeah. I'm gonna wrap it up at night, and we gonna call it a day. Cause uh, that other stuff ain't for me. Yeah. It might be for some other people, but it's just not for me. Yeah. But yeah. um. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I had the desire to want to be the curly hair. Yeah. Yeah. And I had I, to be honest. And look, your hair is blowing out here in the wind. It's giving a nice, like, movement as we have this good wind going. Oh, thank you, girl. And, you know, it's funny because I thought I was going to do wash and goes, and I'm a twist out queen. I'll two strand twist it down. <laughs> I took them out today, and I was like, okay, we're going to wear it out. But I'm like, can't wait to get my mini twist back in. We're going to be vibing for two weeks. And so I do it again, you know, and so it's about recognizing what works for you and like knowing that that's okay. Yeah. And knowing that it's your hair, right? Like mm -hmm. maybe I'll decide to do a wash and go. I do like one per year <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> I'm like, all right, it's that one time. Let me see how this is going again. And then I'm like, oh, that was cool. Tuck it away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Back to my twist. And just knowing like you can be comfortable, you can be confident in like whichever style that is, whichever look you want to do. As long as it's, like, what works for you. And that healthy hair also doesn't mean long hair. No. I really just want to, like, no. say that. Like, that's not what we're talking about. I feel like that's understood, but I want to explicitly state that. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be long to be healthy. Length is not a predicator of, like, your hair being healthy. You 
can have short hair and it be healthy. You're, you can have medium hair, whatever length you have it and it be healthy. You can have long hair and it be you bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some people that got long dead hair out there. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not a good look. I'm like, girl, you just waiting for Halloween because you look like a witch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my I was my. supposed to say that. <laughs> my, my. We got to get those people in the natural chair. We got to get their mindset. Yes. Yes, because, yeah. I mean, long and and that's really what I even try to teach the younger girls when they start coming in. Mm -hmm. That long hair is not everything. Do not, yeah. do not, do not, do not yeah. limit yourself to the length of your hair. Like, yeah. that is the worst thing. I hate it for little girl. <sighs> I had the Monica haircut when I was in... Uh, Sixth grade. <laughs> Come on, Monica, haircut. So I had the little mushrooms, you know. Mm. And, and, you know, and it was hard having short hair in middle school, you yeah. know, because everybody was long-haired. And Aaliyah, I'm aging myself, but, you know, Aaliyah was Aaliyah out here. and everything. She's a queen. So, um, so it was hard. But, um, and I want young girls to know that the length of your hair doesn't mean anything. Think about you when you were a little girl. Like, literally what you said about length like and not being attached to that I had so many times where it's like oh my gosh you have such beautiful long hair and that would like really stick with me to the point where when I like went natural like even when I had to cut it shorter I've had to cut off heat damage just like mm. and my hair wasn't even short right but if it just felt any bit shorter it's kind of like oh I don't know about that like I don't know that this is acceptable I don't know that this is how I want to show up in this space and my hair is longer now it's been shorter and I was looking at pictures like man I miss my little um Oh my gosh, what's that? The movie The Incredibles and the and the too short woman in the Incredibles. Edna Mode. Yeah, uh, my face looking like Edna Mode. And I was like, man, I miss my Edna Mode here. It was short, it was right here, and it was wide. So, you know, it's really just met like sitting in those moments and thinking about ourselves and thinking about the journeys that we've had to take to get to where we are, to be comfortable, are the journeys that we're still on and like where we really want to see ourselves. Yeah, and we actually have, especially because of natural hair, we really do have an opportunity to um, teach and help younger girls and boys, because, you know, yeah. the boys are serious about their natural too. We got too. a nice set of natural Oh, yeah, so here. I see the natural guys out here. We got the braids out here. Gang, gang. Yeah, <laughs> clap it up. But um, having them embrace it and yeah. um, and not feeling like they are their hair is what, defines them yeah. and so and it's empowering it's very yeah. I mean I learned this from my child when she was in middle school and she was like mommy I don't want to straighten my hair and I was like mm. what in middle school you don't want to straighten your hair snaps to her right we love the generation she was like I like my natural I was like okay girl <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm gonna learn how to do it <laughs> <laughs> and I mean and that's just what it is I mean even as a hairstylist for me it's still a journey of learning, and I learn from clients like you because I straighten my hair, you know, and then you tell me what works for you, and, then, and I'm like, okay, and I apply that, and, you know, I do my little research and everything so that I can then t teach other people because, yeah. like I said, there's no roadmap for this. It was just thrown out there. Yeah, yeah, and I love that you've talked so much about how you educate your clients, and I think there's a lot of naturals right that have like very good experiences like I'm very grateful for my relationship with you as like my stylist and I remember when I first came to you and you was like mm, you putting coconut oil in your hair you're allergic maybe you shouldn't and I was like 
mind blown. I'm allergic. Why am I putting this in my head? You know, but like having a space to have these conversations. But I think there are so many people who have negative experiences with their stylist or like go in looking for a braider and they come out with more damage than they expected. And just like really kind of it, it creates this like wound where it's hard to trust again when it comes to like letting somebody else take care of your hair. So how would you suggest that like people work to really vet their stylist start to like better communicate with their stylist and find like collaborative ways to work with them? Um, I would say first, um, look at the work that they do. A lot of people assume, oh, you do hair, you can do everything. Mm. I can maybe do everything. I'm not good at everything. I mean, I'll do it if you want me to. <laughs> you go pay me, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> That's honest. But I'm not great at everything. I mean, mm -hmm. it is what it is. I'm not. So, you know, um, when you're choosing a stylist, know what you want first yeah. and what's important to you. And then when you're looking for a stylist, find a stylist that has those things that you're looking for. Like, if you're looking... All right, let me say this. If you have long hair, if long hair is your thing, if you have long hair, yeah. don't go to somebody who only got short haircuts on their page. Mm. Yeah. There might be a reason why they specialize in short hair. They might not know how to keep it long. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. like if somebody only does sew-in, don't go in there talking about you want a silk press. They don't want to press your hair. Like, they mm. don't want to. I mean, and that's just coming from a hairstylist. Like, like I said, you gonna pay us, we'll do it. But there's certain things that people just, they're better at than others, you know, yeah. um, just like with the locks. Yeah. Just cause somebody be like, girl, I can give you a retwist. If you ain't seen her retwist at least 15 <laughs> people on her little Instagram page, do not go at to her. 15, y'all heard it here first. That's the number. Like, Take that away. 15. Do not go to her. Like, <laughs> We got the, our folks with locks shaking their heads. Like, we've been through some things. Y'all got a testimony story to tell. That's okay. Like, you know, <laughs> and just really make, if, that, if that's what you value. Like, I know when I was looking, social media wasn't around when I first moved to Atlanta. But, um, yeah. I didn't want to go to somebody that I knew more than them, mm, yeah. you know, and through the appointment, I'm coaching you like, no, don't put that in my head. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be that client. I don't want to be like, no, that, that's not good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You absolutely do know. But, but you kind of want to make sure the person you're going to doesn't use those practices before you get there because, because what happens is, when you have a client that becomes a director, although the client might be right, they might know their hair, mm. I know what I'm used to, and I know what, what I do, what type of results it'll give, but when the client comes in and tries to remix it, and then at the end they be like, girl, what is this? I'm like, well, I did what you said. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you so it's about like chair. finding a little bit more alignment, right? Yeah, like, like really find openness. somebody. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not it's not as quick and simple as um, her pictures look good. I'ma go to her. Yeah. Um, really find something that you value. Um, you know, are they into healthy hair care? Do they do great quick yeah. weaves? Are they a precision cutter? You know, are they a colorist? You know, 
those things matter. I know there's people out there that say, I do everything, but, mm, but you're not great in everything, you mm. know. And when you're looking for somebody to take care of your hair, um, look for what you value. Like, look for what it is that you're looking for because that yeah. person is out there. They're out there. I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke is out there and other Brooks. Yes, there's, there's the a lot of like, yes, and That's I know true. a lot of great hairstylists. And I'll say this, and this is true for myself too. I hate posting on social media. You know, people are just like, just post your pictures. <laughs> you do beautiful work. And it's just like, yeah. no, because now social media is like this whole production. Like, they got fans blowing in the background, <laughs> full makeup artists and lighting and you know, and I'm just like, I just got my little camera. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to do hair. I'm not going to post my little pictures, going to look bad. <laughs> so, you know, like people don't want to go through all of that. And then sometimes the people who do go through all of that, you got to ask yourself, how do they have the time? Because if you work and you ain't got time to do all of that. You know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, because I'm busy. You know, I ain't got time to be editing photos and makeup and let's go catch the sun in the right direction and all of that. Because you got to get the right lighting if you're going to get the video. Yes, it's hard. Respectfully. It's hard. I mean, I'm, they got full camera crews, honey. I, I can't do it. Oh, man. Full camera crews. Right, right, right. <laughs> Shout out to the camera crews. They have a bunch of Kendricks. <laughs> Shout out to our cameraman, Kendrick and Cameron. Oh, I think just what you said about like finding that alignment and like being a little bit more critical. Cause I know too, like before you, I would just take a referral. Like, Oh, you went to so-and-so like I ain't asked my friend. I'm not looking at, does my friend have the same hair as me? I'm not looking at none of that. I'm just like, Oh, I know them. They said they went to so-and-so. I like their hair. I'm gonna go let them do my hair. And sometimes that has worked out. And sometimes that has not worked out. I've had very scissor happy stylists. Because trimming does help. You do need to regularly maintain that. But there's a difference between trimming and like cutting for no reason. Like mm -hmm. every time I come to you every month, you're just gonna cut it. <laughs> but I have like, I was wearing twists the whole month. Like, do we need to cut it? You know, and it's like finding the right alignment and finding the right person that's gonna work with you. And it sounds like sometimes we just have to like take those, take those reps and just do a little bit more vetting. And hopefully that cuts out some of the misaligned people. If we do find somebody, at least we know we're doing the due diligence and work um, to get into that centered place of alignment with the stylist. And really just have a conversation. Like, mm. have a conversation. Like, if your thing is, I don't want to trim five inches every time I come, I'm like, okay, let me do two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll work with you just a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, you know, just have those conversations. And, you know, because a good stylist is going to listen. And I want yeah. you to be my client, you know. Yeah. And I'm not doing it because I just want you to be, but you know, I want to build a relationship with mm -hmm, you because mm -hmm. it's easier for me to give you what you want when I understand what you want. Yeah. So, you know, if your thing is, I don't want all my hair trimmed off, I'm like, okay, let me make sure I get as much that needs to go yep. while still giving her the length that she desires. And you know, and I know that every time. Yeah. And it's going to be easy. And then you come back and you trust me and we just happy. Yeah. <laughs> And that's true because sometimes I feel like when I first started, I'd be like, mm, we could take off to like here. And now I'm just like, cut it till it's healthy, like whatever it needs. And so I think it's important to have a stylist you can grow with as well. Mm -hmm. Like from my perspective and personal experience, like just having somebody who's willing to take the journey with you. Absolutely. And then, you know, sometimes you might outgrow your stylist. You know, there's people that be like, oh, Brooke, girl, I want this pixie. Have you seen me do a pixie? <laughs> 
I'm going to tell you where you can go. Yeah. You know, I can do it, but, you know, I'm going to tell you where you can go because this is what she does, yeah. and she is awesome at it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that's just me being honest because I want you to be happy at the end of the day. Absolutely. Man, wise words, Brooke, on how we can better partner with our stylists. I know we're getting close to wrapping up our episode time. And so I have like one final question for you. But before I ask that, I want to open the floor up. I know when I started, I said that we would be doing our live Q&A. So at this moment, I want to kind of take a minute and pause and ask the audience, like as we've been sitting here, as we've been chatting with Brooke, are there any questions that resonated with y'all? Anything that y'all want to ask? Anything that come to mind? that we want to talk about or discuss? Um, I guess continuing kind of that last part of the conversation about identifying a beautician that values healthy hair care. I know social media is nothing but a highlight reel, but how can you determine the difference between the quick weave maestro and a healthy hair care regimen? And so just to repeat, she asked, how do you determine the difference on social media since it's a highlight reel between a quick meet quick weave maestro love that saying and a healthy hair beautician um again i would say um do the research through what they're posting without saying it we stylists we do kind of say it when when we post something like look how healthy or if, you know if it's the quick weave like Oh, those tracks were laid. I don't know what they say, but anyway. <laughs> but um, you know, kind of look through the reel, and then um, honestly, book a consultation. Book a consultation. I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to pay for a consultation. This, that, and the other. And you know, it's just it's the sign of the times. Times have changed, and you do have to pay for time because. I used to do free consultations, and people would come in and talk to me for like an hour about their hair. No, you don't have to pay me for that hour because I just gave you a lot of information, and you might not even come to me, you know. So um, really book a consultation so that you can talk to them and let them know what you're looking for. They can tell you what they can do for you, and then you can decipher it. And if you don't think that they're the one for you, you can ask them, do you know anybody who can give me what I'm looking for? Yeah. But that's, I think I really appreciate you saying to just ask for referrals from other stylists because I know I like wouldn't think to do that. I would be like, okay, this isn't going to work. Let me just take my little coins and leave. Let me go on and tiptoe out of here. But like it is a network among stylists too and that there's always somebody else that can be referred out. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Kristen. Well, hi, I'm Kristen, if you didn't know. Um, I was featured in the first episode, so I'm really excited to be here, but shameless plug, I really just wanted to thank you, Brooke, because out of all the hairstylists that I've been to, like, you've always been honest with me. I think the first time I came in, I was like, oh, I want color, and you were like, mm, sis. <laughs> and so, you know, as time has changed, I have a three-year-old now, and so I'm, like, relearning how to do her hair and my hair and I may not have time to always go and sit in a chair so you as a stylist what would be like the top three things Mm. you would tell us who are managing our hair at home what are like the top three things we need to make sure we focus on when we do get that once a quarter visit in to the salon okay good question 
So, I would say that every person should have, and this is just my personal opinion, doesn't mean much, um, a good shampoo, conditioner, mm. and a conditioning mask. I personally, because I am a licensed cosmetologist, I like salon grade products, meaning mm. I like professional products. I don't yeah. like the stuff in Walmart. <laughs> you know. It's crap. Like it really is. It has ruined more hair than it has helped. Um, a lot of your salon grade products are going to be more expensive, but you will have to use less. So really, when it comes down to it, you save money spending the money up front. Um, yeah. And I say shampoo, conditioner, and a mask. Definitely that mask. You want to hit that mask at least once a month, maybe two, yeah. twice. You know, let your, your hair will tell you what it needs. If it ain't feeling right, it ain't right. It ain't right. Um, I tell people all the time, you using a moisturizing shampoo and conditioner, and you wash your hair and it feels dry, it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. The product is not working. Throw it away. Go get you a good product. You might spend $40 on a bottle or whatever, but if you're not coming to the salon, you're saving. You are saving. Yeah. But, um... You will see, it. I mean, I promise you, um, like I was telling you before, I've done some consultations, people who never came to me, but they just asked me, what can I do? Shampoo, conditioner, and a mask. They've come back and they're like, my hair completely changed. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's what you're putting in your hair yeah. that is stifling the results that you're trying to see. And uh, everything that they selling you, uh, that stuff ain't working. <laughs> it's not working. Like, you know, and now it's so easy for people to brand a product. Like, yeah. as a cosmetologist, my Instagram feed is companies like, do you want to see your name on a bottle? We have shampoos ready. You know, so like, it's yeah. that easy. Like, I could have me a product line tonight if I wanted to. Mm. Like, because that's how they're yeah. selling the stuff. That's why every time you go into beauty supply store, it's a new edge control. <laughs> like, they did, the not, they did not sit there and create this and they got these herbs. And no, they did not. They called this company. They spent $1,000 <laughs> and they got their first shipment. That's how it works. I yeah. mean, it is. So, um, really invest. Invest. Just like with anything else in life, you have to invest. When you mm -hmm. invest, you'll see the results. Mm. And that's like such a good point too, because we talk about that in one of our episodes from earlier in the season, overcoming being a product junkie, where our guest Cameron talks about like how she would get caught up in the marketing. It's like, I don't even know if this is going to work. Like, I just don't want to miss out on like the hype or the cute packaging when I'm going in the store. And we've seen the companies come out with lawsuits, right? Like, I think OGX had a lawsuit on some of their products in the last couple of years. And so it's really researching what's actually in them that like makes the difference. Absolutely. Any other questions? We'll take, yeah. Thank you so much again, Brooke and Shannon, for this opportunity to hear about um, better hair care. It really uh, touched my heart when you started to talk about the middle school young ladies because truly um, the crest of the edge control is something serious. I was wondering what type of advice could educators or just in general big sisters in the community yeah. be able to spread to young people that are very tied into the TikTok 
TikTok and social media yeah. community um, that truly is leading the way. When it comes to trying to educate um, the youth, one thing, the first thing that I really try to teach them, regardless of hair, period, social media, it's fake. It's fake, it's fake, it's fake. Do not compare yourself to what you see. Um, yeah. Yeah, so first of all, you don't want to do all that. Second of all, I try to tell the little girl, I love the baby hair thing and all of that, but you know, I just be honest with them. You know, some of that's because these people done lost their edges, and so they just laying stuff down. You have edges. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. hair. Embrace that, like because pretty soon you keep on, you gonna be yeah. moving from back here, coming forward too. Like it's it's not the thing. You know, it's just like, um, but really, and then telling them, like I said before. You have it now, but it's not promised. So yeah. if you don't take care of it, I don't know what it's going to look like next year. So, and really just trying to really just build on self-esteem, self-worth. Yeah. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. You know, self-love, yeah. affirmations. Like, and that's really big for the middle school kids because yeah. they really go through a whole lot, you know, you don't have to keep up with the trends. You know, it's one thing if you want to, and it's another, you know, or you go into a little vent, you know, slick your little edges down or whatever, yeah. but don't feel like you have to to fit in. Don't feel like you have to to be beautiful because you're beautiful already. Mm, I love that. Snaps. <laughs> okay, I'll take one final question. Yes, we have our friend in the lovely green dress. Go ahead and hand her the mic. Don't zoom in on my face. I just got a chemical pill. Get extra close on I got face. a black girl chemical pill, so I'm peeling. Look. Self-care. Self-care. You heard it here first. <laughs> Give me like three weeks. I'm going to look real good. <laughs> um, thank you for this conversation. So I was over here laughing because I was wondering how much hair washing came up as part of this conversation. Um, I went natural because I thought it would be easier. And anyone who transitioned from relaxed to natural knows that is absolutely not true. And then I ended up getting locks because I wanted something that was much more low maintenance. And now I find I went from low maintenance to I don't even touch my hair unless I go in for my retightening. So what advice do you have for actually following your process around doing the washing, doing the conditioning, doing whatever you're supposed to do? Because I know I don't wash my hair enough. I'm just on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know other people like to be like, I wash my hair every Sunday. That's real cute. I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. So what do you actually recommend for those of us yeah. in between the salon visits who are really trying to adhere to an actual hair care regimen? Uh, <clears throat> it is hard. It is hard. Um, honestly, there's no easy way around it. I think it's kind of like what I said in the beginning where you know, we're looking for low maintenance, we're looking for quick, we're looking for fast and easy, and it just doesn't exist. Um, yeah, I hate doing my hair. <laughs> I mean, I absolutely hate it, but I have to do it. Um, and I guess the best answer that I could say for that is carving away some time for yourself to give yourself what you need. You know, because especially as women, we work hard, we deserve it. And again, going back to that community space that we used to have where 
that's where my all my aunties used to go and you know they getting they talking about work and church yeah. and all of that and you know I was relaxing and getting their hair done and it's not that anymore you know even as a hairstylist um you know clients come in they like oh, what time is it you know it's time to go you know and it's just like hold on breathe you know yeah. sit back relax you know wusa and let's get through this you know, and just giving ourselves the time that we deserve because we're, we're, we're just going so much. We're just going so much. And we're constantly cutting out the things that we used to do for ourselves. Um, yeah. And hair has been one of those things because we go with the more convenient. Let me, I'm just going to get this wig. Girl, I'm going to wear this wig this weekend. I'm going to get these braids, you know, because I ain't got to do nothing for the next eight weeks, you know, versus... I'm going to go spend this two hours at the salon, get my hair done, my little ends trimmed. I'm coming out feeling good. Yeah. Or I'm a, if you're at home, my two hours probably make four and a half hours at home if you're doing it yourself. <laughs> but, you know, we just going to have to um, carve out the time because, I, I mean, there's really no easy answer for that, honestly. Yeah. I go through it. <laughs> so. I, too, go through it. Sometimes I'm like, mm, it's a few days past wash day. It's a week past when wash day should have been and we're just wearing a bun right i'm like, not even a cute bun i'm like this ponytail don't look that bad <laughs> <laughs> like just don't look at me too close don't get right up here because we need to wash that dinner out you know it's just like yeah it's getting rough we're on the edge but i think what you said like really reflects like a bigger state of how we're able to make room for ourselves and how we're able to like give ourselves what we need, how we're able to like practice self-care and, and do things that make us feel well and whole. Because after I do my hair, I'm like, oh, I'm brand new. Mm -hmm. My skin looks better. How many people's skin look better after their hair done? <laughs> yeah, everybody's skin look better after their hair is done. I don't know what that is. Right, but, right. You know, I need a scientist to tell me why that is. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I feel so much better. I have a hard week. I'm like, oh, I washed my hair. Thank God. I'm a whole new person again. Mm -hmm. And so... It's that balance, that tension between being on go constantly because we're in an on go society and really like hitting that pause for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Y'all had some great questions. Thank y'all so much. Let's, let's clap it up for y'all's questions. Yes, yes, yes. And then, Brooke, my last question that I love to ask all of my guests before I wrap is if you could say one affirmation to your hair right now, what would it be? Oh, let's see. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Yes. Love it. Awesome. All right, Brooke. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Your Hair Made Simple Live. Thank you for participating and engaging in all these live questions. You know, a lot of people don't have questions thrown at them mid-episode, outside of the ones coming from me, of course. <laughs> but I think you handled that with so much grace. Let's just give her one more round of applause. Thank you. Yay! Thank you. Thank you yes, for having yes, me. Yes. Thank you for trusting me. And yeah. Yeah, whatever. I trust you with my hair, so I trust you with this space. Absolutely. But thank you for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. I'm honored. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And a special thanks to those who joined us for Your Hairmate Simple Live in Atlanta and to those who had their questions featured as a part of today's episode Q&A segment. 
If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to follow the podcast page and turn your notifications on so that you're always up to date on the latest episode release. Leave a review letting us know what resonated with you. Share with a friend who you think would also enjoy being a part of this conversation. You can follow us on social media at Your Hair Made Simple. And another big and special thanks goes to Rachel Dyer at Eye of the Dyer Photography, who sponsored the work for hire needed for all of the audio edits, video editing, and photography done to make this live event possible. This was done through the brand Naked and Dignified underneath her company, which seeks to share raw and authentic stories through multimedia platforms. Big thank you, Rachel, and we appreciate partnering with you to make this live event possible. Until next time, thank you for being a part of our community. Mm-hmm.